Welcome to Fur What It's Worth. I'm going to blow your mind. An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. But I'm but I'm not going to blow it as, as hard as I want to. Go ahead and open the sun and turn to page three. Do you imagine if we did a 20-minute podcast show? You, yeah, it'd be like you talking one one thought and that'd be it. It'd be like penis, penis, and then Tugs will make some sort of joke. And then at the end, the game. There you go. You won't find Rue there. And definitely not Tugs. Nope. Um, oh, Ichi's talking about peppermint Oreos. God damn, why are we talking about Oreos again? Stop with all the Oreos. I love Oreos. <laughs> That's so gross. All I'm thinking of is somebody shitting in a pie. You're so- That's such a disgusting saying. But people do weird things, that's the thing. You have to go find us on trading cards in Vegas. And speaking of Vegas, here are those two fools, Rue and Tugs. Like, like, did you have to go to shitting in a pie? I couldn't think of anything else. Now, yes, now I would have said, like, I like to put on clown makeup and fuck. Hello, audience, and welcome to For What It's Worth. This is Season 8, Episode 2. Get ready for this title. Mom, Mom, Mama, Mama, Mom, Mom, Mommy, Mommy, Mama, Mama. <laughs> All right, that's it. I Hello, Stewie. <laughs> Thank you. I wasn't sure if I should do that or not, so I no, did. No, you, you're actually spot on. <laughs> No, I remember that because I showed my mom that clip. She's like, don't you ever play that for me again. Uh, because she's like, I remember that. I remember that at the store. Anyhow, I am Tug's Puppy Bear in Seattle. Joining me in Salt Lake is Ruchi C. Lexico, King of the Cookies. Hello, everyone. I am here. And yes, I am King of the Cookies. And we also have our sound guy. This is Voss. Hi. He'll <laughs> join us later. So, Rue, tell me, what have you been up to? Well, let's see. Work has been kicking my butt. I've been working with a guy in which I have to pick up his walker um, while he's sitting on it. And that is just absolutely killing my back. I thought you worked so, with young people. I, what? I, I'm assuming that this is an older person because you say a walker. So just because somebody has a walker, Tugs, doesn't necessarily mean that they're old. It could be that they have a physical deformity of some sort. Disability. It's disability. Yes. A disability, yes. So that's what I have to do. And some sometimes I, it's twisted my back a little bit. I need to do more back stretches and I need to exercise more. I'm still exercising once a, um, once a week. I need to up it a little bit more and do more stretches to be able to help it out. But I bet. Um, you need to but eat yeah, less I've cookies. Lost I've lost four more pounds, though, so I'm pretty proud of myself. Like, my doctor's like, keep doing what you're doing. You're being amazing. I'm like, oh, thank you. I know I am. <laughs> so so is your baby face going away? Uh, no, I still have that, and I, I'll, always, I'll always have that. No matter if I lose all the weight, um, I'll still have a baby face no matter what. We'll always have baby face, Rue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's okay. It's because I don't I didn't have growth hormones during puberty. Yay! So I'm dying anywho. to hear this next point. <laughs> so this, so what? What's going on? As some of you already know, I I run a, a kink group, and our we we do little type different types of themes, and um, our next theme that we're going to be doing is Alice in Wonderland. Or it's going to be a happy, uh, very merry unbirthday 
type thing. So that's been kind of fun to, to kind of plan and get little things and get little cakes together and um, signs. And we've decided that we're going to, at the door, give away lube. <laughs> but not just any lube. It's going to actually be lube that we make ourselves. I, I know that sounds really disgusting, but hold on. It's going to um, be like J-Lube and stuff like that. But we are actually using like um, dye that they use in like slime and stuff like that. So we're going to have like like pink glittery lube and like you, green you lube and stuff like that. want glitter on their bits? It's not actually glitter. Come on. I'm just being sure. You say the word glitter and I'm immediately like, ah! <laughs> Sandpaper. But yeah, so that's some of the things that I've been up to that I've been doing lately. And yeah, that's what I've been up to. I'm giving you fry eyes, you know, the I'm not sure eyes. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I want you to have a good time. Don't violate the spirit of Alice in Wonderland for it is very dear to my heart. Well, it's... You know, somebody has to go down the rabbit hole. Anyways, Tugs, what have you been up to? Gagging. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have, I've had my cursor sitting here since we were in a pre-show. And I'm like, what have I been doing the last couple? It's been like three weeks, right? And the thing about it is, is I'm not doing anything particularly sexy sounding or exciting. Uh, it's been mostly, it's been mostly, I've, I've started walking on the treadmill every day. Uh, uh, because I, being a man, I don't want to have voluptuous breasts and I'd like to not have those. So I've been working on that and staying in the fat burning zone and eating better. And it's actually like getting in that habit takes a lot of, of time in your mind. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. And so, Definitely. and so I haven't lost much weight, but I also take an anti-anxiety med. So I think those two are fighting about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've just been uh, vegging and catching up on DuckTales because I hadn't watched the second half of that season. And, oh, the new DuckTales is just so good. It is. Oh, I've watched the first couple of episodes. I haven't finished it yet. I've been more preoccupied with, I don't know, like Big Brother and Survivor and all my other reality TV. Uh... Yes, I totally watch it. Except I don't watch, like, The Bachelorette or, um, you watch the you Bachelor. know, different things. Like, or The Bachelor. I don't watch those. <laughs> But, yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's it's just been kind of quiet. The days are getting shorter, and I don't like that. That's it's not very exciting. Uh, but anyway, should we do cookies? Sure. Yeah, here it are is. Are you sure there's nothing else you want to talk about? Is there something I'm supposed to talk about? I don't know. I mean, no. You moved. You already talked about your move. But it's... what's nice about? How about this? I'll ask you a question. What's nice about living in an area where you can actually get to things? Uh, I can walk everywhere. Uh, like I can walk yeah. to the grocery store. Or I can walk to the pharmacy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, you actually go to the grocery store. I thought you just Amazon everything. Yeah. Well, I need to get out sometimes. You know. Yeah. Uh, we've been working on our cooking a lot, so so that too. I'll tell you more yeah, about so... it next episode, though, because we okay. need to move to the cookie. All right. Deal. Yes. Kay. Deal. Okay. Cool. Here it is. Cookie. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. All right, this 
lovely fortune was provided to us by a lovely residential sound cheesehead. And he said, read, uh, let's see, read 50 shades of gray. Oh, no, 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 no. Read 50 sheds of gray and learn more about life in bed with a cookie. Speaking, Thank you, boss. Speaking of 50 Sheds, did well, I know you guys didn't listen to it, but if you guys are enjoying it, the first one was a little weird and political. We don't normally do those. He does. I promise he's drinking. He will get better as it goes, just like normal. So look forward to it. You've got one this episode. All right. Potty break. Potty break. So, yes, welcome back to Party Break. Oh, welcome back from Party Break. No, Party Break just ended. <laughs> this is a train wreck. Help me, Tugs. All right. Well, let's introduce our guests. Um, man, at least put on your tux. All right. So our guests are moms. Moms of furries. They began in January 2018 when Carrie and Joelle decided to record a video informing other parents about the furry fandom. They put it on Vimo and nobody watched it. I have no idea if that's true or not. Both moms live in the Reno, Nevada area with their families. Carrie's a married mom to three great kids and she likes to travel and explore with her family. Joelle is married and has four awesome kiddos aged 26 to 9. The mission of the mother, or moms of furries, I almost said mothers, is to show parents and new furs that the fandom is a supportive community and can be a wonderful hobby for young furries. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, thanks. So how did you guys first learn about the fandom? It was from our children, and I would say everything is really Joelle's kid's <laughs> fault because their kid got my kid into it, and this is Carrie, um, and my kid came and told me they wanted to go to a fur con, and I said, well, of course, he was fetish, that's terrible, and he just kind of chuckled at my stupidity, because he's a teenager, and pulled up some videos to show me that, you know, that it was a dance competition, actually, yeah. and how much fun it was, and there were kids there, there was somebody in a quad suit dancing, it was fantastic, and I said, oh yeah, you're right, I'm a dummy, I did my own research, and um, and so Joelle had her experience with her kid, which she'll mention. And I said, hey, let's go to a con. And that's just how it got started. Yeah. Um, so this is Joelle. And my teenager has been into drawing animals and, um, you know, went through the whole I'm going to be a vet. Now uh, they're teetering on wildlife biology and biophysics. But anyway, I think she was one that was like a furry before she knew it was a furry or a thing. Um, and when she found the fandom, came to me and said, hey, I think that I'm part of this. I think I'm a furry. And my husband and I were like, honey, you're being so naive. You don't even know what that's about. And of course, she got really pissed and just really let us have it in her way and kept coming back to us like here. Is, she was giving us statistics. Um, <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's hilarious. And then Carrie said, hey, all right, let's just try this fur con. Let's just drive there. It'll be like a moms and teens thing. We've never done that. Worst case scenario, if it's really inappropriate, we could just leave. Or we can just hang out in our hotel and do other things in San Jose because, you know, it's San Jose. And so we went. And 
as we are pulling up to like the convention center space, hotel space, we saw furries walk in down uh, the sidewalk and we were in. Yeah, like, I mean, immediately. We, were, we were smitten at first sight. We're just like, home, we're home. Okay, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> which which convention was this? It was FurCon. Yeah, for the convention. Oh. Yeah, over in San Jose. And so this year, this January, is going to be our one-year anniversary. <laughs> we are so jazzed. We're volunteering yeah. this year. Yeah. We hope to host a panel to kind of talk about our experience. So there has been a lot in this oh, last it's 12 It's been months. a crazy year. Is- yeah. I need to talk to you when we're not recording. I, so, oh my goodness! I, I, knew, I, I knew it. I knew it. I know exactly what you're thinking, but we'll talk about that later. Yes, we, <laughs> we like ideas. We're in. <laughs> um, I have I have a question. So you had preconceived notions about the fandom. What was what were those based on? Absolutely. I think it's just the general misperception, like this this idea of that it has to be fetish because. Who, as an adult, would it's want to weird, walk yeah, around? It's weird and, and different, right? And you know, I think that that the, the whole thing that applied to us and to so many other people is it's just ignorance of what it is. Right. So we let our imaginations run wild, and as soon as we were educated, we were like, "Oh man, this it's, is so creative. This is so fun." And I think that I don't want to speak for you, Joelle, but yeah. I really think that that's why she said. Carrie, we have to record a video. We I need did. to tell the others this is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, that's exactly what I thought. Like, this is ridiculous. Why do we all feel like it's just a big orgy in in mascot costumes? Why do we think that? That's so, so stupid because it's a wonderful creative outlet, especially for like artistic kids or in our case, I mean, I have artistic, but we also have very social, ang- socially anxious kids. Right. And it's become just the biggest support system, I think, in our lives, really. It has really changed my for life. For our kids, for yeah. us. Yeah. And it has really, um, I mean, it's brought us closer. And we were good friends before, but I think that it has just completely changed mm-hmm. our dynamic and really um, given maturity to our partnership because we're also business partners. But I think it has really... Um, helped nurture that that uh, so relationship that we have. What did your husband say about all this? <laughs> you go, Joelle. <laughs> so <laughs> my husband is fine with the furry. That He has no problem with the actual furry or that our child is involved. I mean, at first, you know, I had, the, you know, we both had the same reaction. We reacted together as a unit, you know, as parents, like we think she's just being naive to what it really is because she's just not, uh, she's a really conservative, well, we thought, <laughs> kid. Um, and she's really responsible and she probably just doesn't know what it really is about. Um, when we found out about this and um, got into it, he's totally fine with the furry. What he does not love is me being on social media so much. Just because of like security and concern with that kind of thing. And for me, this is Carrie. Um, my husband was fine with anything. I mean, he was so easygoing and reaching way back when we were dating. Um, I had a friend who was like a six foot five drag queen and he was super fabulous. And we were all out at a club dancing. Um, and my tall drag queen friend put his hand out like a, like a, a queen 
And my husband, my boyfriend at the time, dropped to his knee and took his hand like a subject would. And I thought, okay, he's good. Um, he's in. I, you know, he, he's a keeper because I love that he didn't hesitate. It wasn't weird yeah. for him to take another man's hand. He was just totally fine. So I knew that he wouldn't be judgmental. And he wasn't. He's been really supportive. Having said that, he also really doesn't care. Like, you know. Right. B- BLFC, it's our thing. Yeah. BLFC happened. And we're like, oh, this is so much fun. And we you know, we're there constantly, we're like, come, you know, and he's like, I don't want to spend $30 for the day. I don't really care. Yeah, you just go. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. It's not so, his thing, but he's super so supportive. How right. Did, how did your siblings end, sorry, how did their siblings end up reacting? Oh. Well, I have an interesting story because this is Carrie. Um, so I have three and my oldest son was the one that got me into the fandom. And then my youngest son is totally in. He's really mad that at nine, I think he's too young to have a full suit. <laughs> my, two, my nine-year-old too. No, no understanding why I wouldn't commission that immediately. Um, and then my middle son, who's 12, has had a pathologic fear of anthropomorphic animals since he was an infant. So, like, we were at Chick-fil-A once, and the cow came walking around, and he just <laughs> lost it. So... It's really interesting because he's like, it's he's not, like, no thanks. Yeah. He's like, I, I can't see that. It's like me with spiders. You know, it's, he, he doesn't choose to dislike it. He has this real fear. So it's kind of funny at our house. <laughs> and at my house, I mean, these, I have four. So I have one that he's 26. He doesn't live at home and he's not really into it, but he did say that he would definitely go with his sister and she drew up a little pit bull persona for him, and he loved it. So I think he's probably part furry. Yeah. Um, but my two little ones and the team, they are a group that we've watched every Wild Kratz, like, numerous times. Like, they've always been into that thing, that kind of thing. So as soon as they found out that it was okay for that, to Connie, that's my team, to do it, they were like, yeah, we're into, when do we get to go? They're so mad right now that they beg us not to talk about Anthro Northwest in the car with them. I know. You know because it, they're not going, the two youngest aren't going. It makes me feel bad too, because me and Joelle were like, oh, we want to go to this con. Oh, we have to <laughs> <laughs> And we went to Megaplex this with summer. Arthur. Yeah, just Joelle and I, and we we're walking in Megaplex and somebody says, hey, where are your kids? And we just looked at each other. We had not prepared an answer. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> well, you know what? The great thing is, is the fandom is for so, everybody. Even like, I mean, we have we have people that are like 70, 80 years old that, you know, that they enter the fandom all of a sudden. I mean, I'm I'm not um, I'm not saying that you guys are 70 years old. I'm not picturing that either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rue, we let yeah, you in. Basically. So we'll let anybody in. Right. So when did you, or have you, decided this is not a phase? Oh, no. Oh, we knew, I think, early on. Yeah, but you know, actually, something really interesting just happened. So my son wanted to go to SAC Anime, and I don't really know a lot about SAC, or about anime. I didn't know anything about furry. But I said, sure, hey, let's go. So we all went to SAC well, Anime. and we know some local furs to Sacramento yeah. that ask us to go. So yeah, some like, of okay. our friends who are also furries, they, right. they love it, too. So we said, hey, yeah, we'll go. And we had a great time. But we both completely agreed, like, 
that we had fun because we were there with our kids and they liked it, but anime wasn't for us. Nope, that we so, are definitely into the yeah. furry fandom specifically. So, yeah, that really helped us solidify the fact that we love the fandom. We love the furry fandom and we feel comfortable there and we're not just there because we support our children. Um, like it was with, with anime. Nothing against anime. It just didn't grab us like furry did. So right. I, I don't think that the um, fandom could get, so out, get us out. The most no. common question <laughs> that we end up receiving from the podcast is actually about um, a, a lot of these kids that are, well, sorry, I'm calling you guys kids. They're not kids. These, these young adults are um, trying to figure out how to um, communicate with their parents to tell them what they are interested in. A lot of times they use the term, I don't know how to come out to my parents about the fact that I am being furry. Now, one thing that me and Tugs have right. um, have reiterated and stated is that you don't really come out as being furry. At least that's what we recommend. It's not that we're saying that um, you should hide it by no means. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that, um, you know, being furby, furby, wow, furry is, is a hobby <laughs> and um, it is a lifestyle as well. But it's just it's not something that you have to like you know, come out about like, you know, people that are LGBT that are coming out. But, um, but that right. is our number one question that get, gets submitted. That's our number one question too. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say that, um, I personally, this is Carrie used to say coming out and use that terminology. And so that was brought up to me and it's an excellent point because I never had to come out. As yeah, a exactly. I simply, had the hobby so that was a real education for me it's true and you know we always hope that that kids will um tell their family their tribe of people whoever it is that's close to them um but that it's such a personal decision because nobody really knows what's going on in someone's house and we have seen that people have said you know my parents threw me out and it's, it's yeah. yeah but if you, but we've also um we've had recently a few really great stories where they well on our live stream the other day someone came on and said thanks for helping me talk to my parents because guess what tomorrow i get my first fursuit right so it was really cool but what i think we recommend and i'm going to speak this is joelle and i'm going to speak for both of us is that we you approach it like hey have you ever heard of like comic-con or do you know what trekkies are i'm kind of into a thing like that called the furry fandom yeah or cosplay i mean there's right. a lot of different ways that you can frame it up to get the conversation started to, to well and to frame it in the the vision that it is just another hobby it's just a hobby it's something that, that people are interested in and i use my own um experience you know i'm an adult woman with children and my mother was not supportive when I told her about the fandom, you know, kind of an eye roll, change the subject. But I kept bringing it up casually. I, I would wear my T-shirt or I would say, like, oh, this weekend we're doing this. Not confrontational, but just, you know, keep bringing it up gently. Persistence. Like, yeah. Gentle persistence. Yeah, this is, this is a part of my life and this is what I enjoy. And just this week we had lunch and I said something about it and she, you know, asked me a related question and it wasn't awkward any different than if I said I'm going to the fabric store to get fabric for my quilt. So, you know, in in my case, persistence paid off and just not being confrontational and continuing to bring it up. And that's really what we recommend to people. You know, if at all possible, we should be open with who we are, with the people that love us. But especially when it's just an interest or, and, and it is a lifestyle, and I get that, but 
it is just another interest. Yes. Someone told us the other day that their um, mother is telling them that you're not furry. So I looked at Carrie and I'm like, Carrie, your favorite color is not purple because no, you just think it's purple. Yeah. It is funny that, um, that there is such a negative connotation, I think because of the ignorance, but we, that is the question. Number one question we get, should I, and how do I, should yeah. I, and how do I, I, I want to put a twist on this just a little bit this, because this we're borrowing I'm, from the mailbag early because this is convenient. I'm, I'm um, no, yeah, because you, I, I you don't read the show notes. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. So um, it, this is from Rose, and she says, "I don't know why I'm scared to tell my family I'm a furry. I grew up LDS, and we were told that furs are sexual deviants. What can I do?" So the twist is this: Do you find or do you have any recommendations for someone who happens to be in a more conservative environment? It's really hard. I we. We always, always preface any advice or anything that we say with exactly what Carrie said earlier. We don't know your personal situation. We don't know what the people are going to react, you know, or the people around you, how they're going to react. But conservative wise, I think you always go back to, hey, I have this interest. It's like Comic-Con. Yes. What do you think of that? And gauge their their reaction. Be prepared. You know, like Joelle's daughter came with statistics. My son did what would work for me, a video on people dancing and having fun with kids. So um, know your audience and present the information to them that will be most helpful. And be patient because if they do react negatively, give them a little time to process. Yeah, you don't have to double down. You can wait a week and then bring it up again and continue that persistence. But there's also... We have found there are a lot of furries out there in the fandom that are Christian, that are very conservative, that do a lot of philanthropy, that are with their church groups. So if that is your situation, find those furries. And, and say, then refer the, yeah. your family to, yeah, check out this one or that one and look at all of the good they do. Right. Lelia, look at all of the good Lelia does. Yeah, and what's, I can't remember, Rex. I'm terrible. Rex. It's very active right. and, and does a lot of philanthropy and visiting. You know, Star, it goes and visits children at the hospital. The terminally ill children. so right. brave to bring them some joy. So there's so much good. And specifically like LDS, there are a lot about um, public service. So I think that that would resonate with someone. Right. So it's really preparing your information for your audience and not just go, you know, if you go in confrontational because. Or you defensive, to, immediately defensive, yeah. no, you know, expecting a, a negative reaction you will get what you look for yeah so it's all about how you frame it up sorry (laughs) so how many conventions have you guys been to so far within this year only 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 three three. only three but before the year finishes it'll be four possibly so there's a lot of first within the community that have not even gone to one convention so far so i guess i'm asking this question so, are you guys furries? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're furries. <laughs> we were very hesitant at first because we didn't feel like we were because we weren't into wearing suits or we didn't have personas. Um, we felt like we were outsiders trying to be kind of a liaison. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it took us a couple months and we just sat down one day and like, you know what? Yeah. Well, and there's so much evidence when we look back at our experience. Like the the first time we went, you know, our kids went with a, a former classmate and he kind of He was us older all. and he, yeah, yeah, kind he, of lovely. Him. I hope he's back this yeah. year. Um, and so we kind of had our time to process together. And then the next con that we went to is BLFC. And we had been in the fandom then for a few months. And our, the time when our kids were walking around with us, 
we realized we were completely ignoring them and we were making it our experience. Yeah. And that was a learning for us because we're so into the fandom now. We don't want it to take away from our kids. Well, yes, I don't want it to be my thing. I want it to be our thing. But yeah, we had we the first day at BLFC, we went home and we all made a decision together that from, ev- from now on, every con that we go with our children, one day or one period of time, we won't be quote unquote moms of furries. Yeah, because it was completely like we were just oblivious. We're like, here, take that picture. <laughs> and then we would walk away like, oh, we did, didn't get did you pictures of our kids. <laughs> we were awful. We were, but it, we, we righted that shit yeah. very quickly. But the first day was kind of a very. We it, apologize. It and we have asked, I will say to our credit, we have said, is it okay that we're jumping into this thing that was yours? Yes, and we check in I, pretty regularly, I'd say. Now, yeah. m- and mine is like, no, I love it because she has access to um, furries that she's not had access. Like, Pokari and Kiba were talking to her oh. one night, and she was about to die, <laughs> like, yeah. on the floor dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she needed time to, like, catch her breath. I know. Because she was, I could feel her heart beating in the chair next to me. So Let me tell you, you guys are been- just, you guys are amazing guests. <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys have came on the show. We are going to take a quick, short little break, and then we're going to come right back into the conversation. So... Um, yeah, we'll see you on the flip side. It's been a long time since you've shaved there. It's just for men, for pubes. 50 Sheds of Grey is brought to you by Bed Chocolates from Cornhole Industries now found in worse hotels everywhere. 50 Sheds of Grey. Antigua, the land of fairies, wizards, and heroes. When Boltrar was done burning the village, he flew back to the northernmost province of the land of Antigua. Boltrar landed on top of the castle, causing the very foundations of the castle to shake from the power of the mighty creature. Gwendevere, it's not Gwendevere, I can tell you that's not how that's spelled. That's definitely not Gwendevere. Gwendevere's eyes grew wide, and then they turned as red as fire. She smiled wickedly at Boltrar's safe return. Everything the villagers had worked for and all their worldly possessions were gone in an instant. There was nothing left to rebuild and besides, none of the people felt safe there anymore. Bernardo, who is a lumberjack and the husband of Belinda and father of 10-year-old Sharif, the 12-year-old Molly, yelled. I'm sorry, I got lost in that sentence there. I'm not entirely sure who's yelling at this point. It could be Bernardo, or it could be Belinda, or it could be Sharif, or it could be Molly. Did you happen to see the size of that creature that thing is huge what if that thing comes back what if Gwendeverier sends that monster back to finish the job and destroy us all <laughs> no my anus can't take it we're not rebuilding here i'm taking my family away from here 
Christopher yelled, now mind you, this is also chapter one. We have no clue who Christopher is, but he's apparently yelling. Where can we go, Bernardo? I'm sorry, I put a comma in there. Where can we go, Bernardo? Where can we go? Because he didn't hear him the first time. We shall go to the kingdom of King Arthur. And Queen Eleonora, the explorer. King Arthur promised that if we ever needed any help, we only come before him and ask. King Arthur is a king of honor. The king will keep his word. King Artard will help us and protect our families. Let's get our wives and children out of here. Hello, I'm Joshy Weevil, a gamer dog from London, England, and you're listening to For What Is Worth. Thank you so much for staying with us here at For What It's Worth. Now, if you'd like to donate, <laughs> send it. <laughs> if you, wait, wait, finish that. If you'd like to donate... Actually, I'm going to introduce my own segment. If you'd like to donate, then you know what to do next. That is, join our Patreon. Yay! No! No! <laughs> I'm going home. Oh, wait, I am home. That's where the studio is. Shh, let me do this thing. <laughs> Today's episode of For What It's Worth is brought to you by people who think that what we do is worth money, but I don't because I don't know how to open the Patreon list before I start the segment. That's how awesome I am. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm pulling a roux! <laughs> but you can listen to this beautiful music because it's almost loaded. Uh, no, but really though, everything that people donate, we reinvest in the show and it does make a huge difference. Right, Rube? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, like no, this. it does. It does. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't talk and listen to the music at the same time. Really? No. Here, oh, I'll, ta- okay. I'll, I'll take the headphones off. I, and I will say this. What? We absolutely love your guys' support. It helps us so much. I know that I say it every single episode, but without your support, there would be no show. That includes... I mean, emails, different things like that, but definitely our patron, you know, the finances that come in, it makes it so that we're able to purchase stuff for the show itself to be able to make sure that it runs. Me and Tugs don't make diddly squat on this show. Nope, and if we did, we'd just turn it to charity, honestly. So, all right, today we want to say thank you to Snares, creator of Meteor Showers. If you fancy muscular men, that's where you go. Skylos, Guardian Lion, Dusky, who I incorrectly cited last episode, I'm so sorry, Loki Mutt, a new one, we want to welcome, I'm going to butcher this, sorry, Katshi, Katshi, um, is new, thank you, Rifka, Ichi, Kit, and the Owl, who's not a taco, Cody, thank you guys for supporting us, we really appreciate it. 
And as the music fades, if you'd like to join the list of people whose names we say every two weeks, go to patreon.com slash FWIW, put in your details, and also email us your social security number and mother's maiden name, and we'll take care of you. <laughs> we will happily take your money. And your identity. <laughs> so back to the show. So back to our lovely guests. What kind of furry accessories do you guys have currently? Uh, currently, we have ears. Yeah, we only have ears. Yeah. My son made me a tail, but um, this is Carrie. But I need, I saw these very cool, um, it's like chain mail, but it's big yes. chain mail and it has scales on it because I am a cat dragon. So this beautiful dragon tail. So that's, I would like to save up to do that. Yeah. Awesome. I see myself like partial. I actually yeah. know who makes those. He's my really? neighbor. What? Wow. Yeah, his name is. Aren't they cool? His name is Yuriu. Yes. He sells them. He sells them all the time at um, B, the artist that had them hanging up at the furry auction at BLFC. That's him. Uh, I don't know if you saw those. Lo- Yuriu, you need to pledge five bucks. Really nice. <laughs> Anywho, sorry, off topic. <laughs> oh, it's fine. So, so are you are you planning to get a fursuit? Are you going to get a fursuit for your kids? I think my first, he might be listening, but um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a way to get a fursuit for my little dude that will help grow with him because he wants it so bad. So I was even asking Kiwi, like, how do you make a head that can grow with you? I'm not sure. So that's, that's my first Thing. And before I would spend money on myself, I would love to do that for him. And my teen has asked if all of the family can just donate money money at Christmas. And she's planning to get a job so she can start saving for a suit. But they're makers, these kids. So right. our, our teens have made paws. Um, Takani has made the foam head base, which was really good. And they destroyed it because it wasn't good enough. And yeah. <laughs> my son has made hand paws. So they, they are budding makers. Yeah. Um, we've been asked about suits Yeah, for us. I don't know. We, we know what we see ourselves as just because we've been asked it so many times we needed to kind of develop something and really think about it. But I don't know that I would want to wear a full suit. I enjoy going as moms of furries to conventions. I do too, but we were at BLFC and our new friend Pudding met us while we were waiting in line for a sandwich. And she said, hey, would you like to try on my head to the kids? And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And they tried it on. And then she said it to me. And I said, okay. And as soon as I put the head on, I was like, oh, this is really cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I might be the handler and Carrie might be the suitor. (laughs) But I would have to get a partial because I also get claustrophobic really easy. And I can't imagine being in a full suit. (laughs) So, but... Just having the head and the hand paws would be so cool. It's definitely, uh, I mean, I have to say that the first, I mean, when it comes to fursuits, I think that everybody should start as a partial and Mm -hmm. then work their way into a full suit. Because let me tell you, it is really hot. And if you have problems with claustrophobia or anything like that, then, then yeah, it can be restricting and, and, and really hard. So I recommend everybody to start with, out, with a partial well, we, first. 
I think that's good advice. Well, and we've met a couple people at cons. It was their first time suiting and they overdid it because yeah. they didn't realize it until it was too late. They felt unwell. And I actually get a little bit like I can feel my heart start to race when I see someone making their duct tape dummy, dummy. when they're getting all duct taped up. I'm just like, I, I can't even look at that. So I can't imagine wearing a full suit. I'm really impressed by that. Well, and if you end up getting a, a full a, a fursuit, you could, I mean, some sometimes um, some of the makers go by tailor measurements. So you don't even really need to do, a, oh. you know, a duct tape dummy. You just have to find the right type of maker. Just as a, another piece of advice for you. <laughs> That is really I, good to know. I think I would like to wear like feet paws and ear, my ears and tail, but uh, nothing else. Yeah, and you I could be so that. cute. Well, see, oh, I tried to, I tried to tell my son, my little guy, we'll get you a kigu, and he was just offended. he was like, no, no. 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 <laughs> I so, need a full suit. So before we shift to the big. A uh, piece of this segment. There's an email that I neglected to put in the notes, but I, I wanted to touch on it before we did move on to the next big question. They've um, you've already answered the first question, but there's another good one in here. So this one's from Miski, uh, a different Miski, I believe. Says, "Hi, hosts and guests. I live with four children and their parents. The oldest child is 11 years old and describes himself as a proud furry, but the other th the other three have some furry tendencies too." including playing games and pretending to be puppies, identifying with certain animals, and enjoying shows with anthro characters such as Paw Patrol, Octonauts, and My Little Pony. I know that I was drawing Pokemon, uh, and when I did, preferring animal-themed fancy dress and playing Watership Down or horse-themed games was a thing I did by nine years old. Uh, the 11-year-old furry is quite sensible, luckily. He came to the conclusion on his own that he doesn't need a fursuit yet and should wait till he stops growing. I wish the teenage furries I have known here were as wise as him. So here's the question for you. Have you ever had to dissuade your kids from poor decisions based on their hobbies? I look forward to hearing the answers. Thanks. Miski the Chinchilla Mama. Luckily, a furry baby is not human ones. P.S. The 11-year-old's fursona is a badger dragon. Should we tell him why bad dragon might not be a good name for this hybrid, or should we let him find out for himself? That would be a discussion for sure. Like maybe another name. Maybe. <laughs> yes, because we had to do that too. Yeah. Um have we had to dissuade them? Not yeah, because your middle one wanted that name. Oh. And you had to have that talk. Do you remember? Yeah. What was A bad name? dragon type situation. Oh no, Vixen. Vixen. Queen Quinn she started out with Queen Vixen. And I was like, it's a little suggestive. Why don't we try to work it? And now it's, um, she's worked it around to Quinn V. But, you know, I think we, it's funny, we just um, had a conversation with someone the other day about something similar, because we've, and I think it's true for both families, we've started with our kids very young, telling them if we say something's inappropriate, it's because it's not safe for you yet. Right. It's not because we're keeping something fun from you. So when I tell my kids, hey, that's not really appropriate, that's all they need. They don't question it because I, I because we are really open and we don't hide things from them. Right. And they trust us to know like if it's inappropriate. And I think that they don't need it. Since you know. we um since we are open, I mean we're pretty open parents and um I think that it, when we draw the line at something, then they realize, okay, it, it matters because yeah. we don't, um, 
we aren't super strict um, as far as, you know, things that they say. We're mindful of what you're watching, things of that nature. But they're allowed to have whatever belief system they want to talk. Speaking of religion or non, no religion or and things like that, they're allowed to think for themselves. Right. And we want them to develop that. You know, I really enjoy sharing music with my middle son and we're really into Snoop Dogg and all of this (laughs) stuff. And, you know, I don't want to be overly sensitive to things and or overreact so when i do say like let's put the brakes on this yeah that's not it it carries weight with with him yeah exactly because it it comes from a place of really understanding and not just i'm a parent therefore i say no right which is what i like that's what i mean when we say use the term inappropriate the kids are like okay well that must be a big thing we'll just talk about it when i'm older right so you know in, in the fandom there's a lot of you know, snu- fur snuggles are a thing and, and snuggles are great and human touch is good for us. Um, so I would, I would let, I would say it's okay, you know, to go ahead and have your snuggles, be mindful, snuggles can go somewhere, things like that. So I think that we just feel like communication should always be open so that if we say like, okay, that's too far, that they, they will listen. Yeah. And hopefully make good decisions when, when we're not there. Yeah. So we have two quick emails here. It's from Sid and Kane. Tugs, do you have that? Yeah, so I'll read Kane's email, and then Sid's is a voice clip. So uh, here's Kane's. He says, hello again for what it's worth, and a special hello to the moms of furries. I'm so glad to hear you on the show. I think what you do is amazing. You're offering a rarely seen parent's view of being a furry and having furry kids and being supportive of their hobby, not tolerating it, but actively participating in it. As we all know, kids will grow up, and growing up does tend the mean-shifting interests of self and self-exploration. I realize this might be a bit of an awkward topic talking to your own kids about. Hey, they might even be listening to it right now, but I think the age around mid to late teens can be one of the most confusing and unguided times to be in our fandom or just in life in general. I know for me, I was very conflicted as a furry during that time. I was very much a proponent of maintaining a clean image of myself in the fandom, distancing myself from anything sexual and being one of those furries. Granted, this was 12 years ago, and the fandom didn't have nearly as much acceptance as it does now. Yet, I maintained a family-friendly facade. I had a very sexually active mind and felt rather ashamed of myself for having put on a fake clean face when I very much was not. So what I was wondering is, what would you think and how would you react when and if your kids started to express an interest in the more risque aspects of the fandom? I know until one is 18, they shouldn't be legally be exposed to material. And of course, being active in a community of mostly adults can be very dangerous. And not just to them, but to the unknowing adults who don't realize they're interacting with minors. Sorry if this subject is a little uncomfortable to think about, but I do think it's a very important topic that doesn't get addressed enough. Regardless, though, I'm glad there are good parents like you out there willing to step into what would many would consider a strange and unusual pastime for the sake of your children and let them know you've got their back. Regards, Kane. And here is Kit's clip. Hello to the cast of For What It's Worth and the Mums of Furries. This is Kit. Because you did a call to action for voice messages, I thought I would record one for you all. I have a question for the Mums of Furries. As parents, what are your experiences with the lewd content that's in our fandom? And how do you react to it as parents? Lewd is a broad term that for furry seems to encompass a lot of material. It could go from two guys snuggling to fetish artwork with no sexual acts and all the way over to material that is outright pornographic. Because of the fact that it's such a broad term, I don't like the term lewd. Over the past few months, I've been in a lot of discussions that are about lewd content, parents and their kids, and that's why I ask the question. 
Um, it hasn't been exclusive to furry either. I remember that I spoke with some folks about our local pride festival. Some of them thought that pet play masks, so pet play masks in combination with clothes that were decent, were inappropriate to wear during pride. Their argument was that parents and kids are there at pride as well and could see it. I'd love to hear your opinions and perspectives on the topic of lewd content, even though it's hard to discuss. Thank you for your time. And over to you. (laughs) First of all, I just want to say that is so, their comments are so kind. They're so sweet. Yeah, That that means a lot to us. And it's not uncomfortable for us to talk about. Oh, no, not at all. At all. And I think that that's, you know, we, as we mentioned, we want to have an open relationship. We both have kids that are um, LBGTQ um, plus, Mm -hmm. and we are fine with that. And we have been to pride parades and we have seen everything. So, um, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, we, we think it's great and we want to be a part of their lives. Let's address some like individually. So first of all, Carrie and I both, it's funny, we get along so well because we have a lot of similar philosophies in life, but we are very different in a lot of ways too. Mm -hmm. The one, one basic thing that we agree with, this is our kids, our friends, the fandom, whatever. If you are adult, if it is legal, if you are being safe and it is consensual, we don't care if we don't want to see it. And most of the time that we just um, click, you know, I don't like this tweet, say on Twitter, it's just when it's actually pornographic. And that's more so because it's just not something that we're into or we don't want our kids seeing it when we're scrolling through. We're not offended. We want it to stay with adults only. But if you're an adult, do you? Yeah. Have fun. Absolutely. And we um, we definitely monitor what our kids are doing. And it really doesn't matter if it applies to, to the furry fandom or anything else. If they're looking at inappropriate images, well, that's a conversation. Right. Because inappropriate anything is not restricted to the furry and fandom. And again, it's only life. inappropriate because of their age. Right. Not because of, you know, their ideas or their thoughts. Um, it's interesting. My teen and I were just talking about fetishes this evening because of our upcoming um, time with you guys. You know, I, I felt like it might be something that came up. And, um, you know, I told her, I don't care what you're into. You're young because she's only 15. And I would prefer you wait until you're closer to 18 because she brought up, you know, it's between 16 and 18 is a very iffy age because the age of consent mm-hmm. is different in different places. And she's kind of approaching that age. And what I told her was, yeah, I'm not going to be naive and think you're not going to do anything until you're over 18, but try to prolong it because it does affect your emotional um, health and development. Some that's true. But as far as that goes, you know, there are people that get turned on by holding on to doorknobs because they had to hold the door closed when they were discovering themselves as a child, people have things. You know? <laughs> yeah, I have I never heard. heard. I have never heard that one. Oh, there is. Yeah, my, <laughs> me so, too. Me too. You should have seen my <laughs> eyes. Like, what? <laughs> so listen, our kids are into psychological like um, review, and they go to the library and look through the uh, the DSM. Um, oh, they do. Yeah, so super into the DSM. So apparently, it's a very big. Um, study. So we talked about that. So I don't care what they're into as long as my kids are safe and they're being legal and everything they're doing is consensual saying that. 
but I want them to wait till they're 18. Of course, and but we don't want to shame them for having an interest. A normal, I mean, we're built to be sexual creatures. And if right. anybody doesn't realize that, they're just being, they're in denial. Where if you want to go to basic biology, we're made to have a drive mm-hmm. to create, you know, uh, further po- the population so that increases sexual appetites regardless of your orientation. Right, but but to be mindful of your age. And, and so we are both really open and we'll talk about to our kids about anything. We're not graphic or inappropriate in the no, terms, no, no, but no. we don't want to hide anything. I think that's, that's when you risk your kids going into the places like online that they shouldn't be. Right. And I've always said, you know, come to me with whatever the question is. I'll always give you an honest answer. And, and in doing that, sometimes, you know, my kid will be like, oh, gross. But I think <laughs> yeah. I've done my, my part as a parent to really just let them, it, it, these are the facts. We trust you to make the right decision. And I try to say, don't ever repeat something you hear. Don't pretend you know what it is. Just be quiet. Come home and talk to me about it. And I will tell you. So you're in the know where you need to be at that point. Right. Now, I also want to address the, the pup, pup play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. go right ahead. Because it comes up a lot. And honestly, and it's like um, breasts on fursuits. Who cares? If someone is not being inappropriate, and regardless of, okay, so someone said the origin of like pup masks is what bothers them and they don't want to have to explain what that means to their kids. Don't. But you don't have to. You don't have to. We tell our kids, you know, it's just something they're into. But if somebody's not right. in public being inappropriate, doing sexual acts or, you know, actually even just being a jerk. Right. Who cares what they're wearing? Yeah, I mean, I we, mean I, my kids, like, you're at the Pride Festival, the nipple tassels. My yeah. nine-year-old's like, look, that looks so silly. Yes, it does. Cool. Well, Like, we, in a fun way. It, yeah, and and we want people to be able to express themselves and not think that whatever their interest is is, is shameful. Again, if it follows the four tenets of, you know, safe, over 18. Consensual. Cons- consensual. Consent legal. is a huge, 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 huge thing for us. Consent is really important. But if it, you know, if it falls under all of those guidelines, hey, be you. There's nothing to be ashamed. If you're Don't turned on by shoes or whatever it is, hey, great. Enjoy. Right. Enjoy. And, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to open up a can of worms here, but here we go. I'm opening it. But, um, I mean, Rainforest, like, uh, I don't know if you've heard about uh, yeah. Rainforest, but the whole situation that ended up happening there, part of it, I have to say part, a lot of people are pointing at it that this is the reason, but it's just a part of what happened is, an individual was in a pup mask. He was parading around in a diaper. Um, you know, he was, he was walking around the hotel area. So a lot of people point to that, and and, and it's like that is the reason why that this particular particular convention got shut down. Um, but I, there I were think, more factors to that, right? Yes, there was absolutely <laughs> a lot more factors than that. But that's why I feel like that it's a touchy subject right now oh. in the fandom itself whenever um inappropriate things can happen anywhere in any whether you're at a convention or not i mean we were driving down the street and saw a woman full naked just walking oh, in san francisco we have a guy that we always used to see we just call him naked guy he's always naked with tennis shoes on it, it doesn't make the city bad and it doesn't make the phantom bad if there no. are, there are things that you address as far as behavior situations you you address those that specific well, situation I, I know that our convention in our area um, currently is banning the use of leashes, like because 
I mean, it, to to them, they're saying it's a it's a safety issue, you know, to have leashes on connected okay. to somebody as That's... you're walking down the hall, which which can be, right. but um, but they, I mean, down here in Utah, our convention is extremely, like this is, um, it's a lot of people no called con. it clean con. Well, right. it's a very conservative area. So right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyways. Well, we, uh, and one more pop play just very quickly. And our experience at Further Confusion, our very first con, it was about nine o'clock at night. Um, and we were, I think, at like Starbucks as it was closing. We turn around and there's someone obviously on the way to like a pup play meet. I think we looked in the schedule yeah, later and there was one. He had his mask on and everything. And he was kneeling down talking to a toddler very sweetly and kindly and his behavior was appropriate and we had i mean i don't even think we we just made note that he was in pup stuff and looked later to see oh yeah there's a, a meetup because yeah we didn't it was our first time we didn't even really know what it was but his but his attire had not no bearing on the interaction that he had with that child or our our experience right yeah i, I think people that have brains like that sorry <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. You have brains that I want people to have. Like, oh. <laughs> that's what it is. It's like so many people just jump to the extreme, you know? Right. I mean, really, you should judge people on their behavior, what they give you. Don't make the prejudgments or what they're wearing. But I have to tell you, I have a 12 year old daughter, and she is the most conservative, most like just sweetest. Um, innocent and I'm not a naive parent. I know, you know, obviously I'm, I'm very open with my kids, but she's very innocent, but because of a sensory issue, she favors very tight, snug clothing. And she has had to, she's actually adopted this idea. Like, I don't care what you think. If you have this perception that I'm um, more knowledgeable, more worldly than I am at my age, she's also, she looks a little older than she is. Um, because she wears things that someone may judge as too skimpy or too old for her. Um, and it really pisses me off. It really, really bothers me because it hurts her because it has nothing to do with what's going on with her. It, she's not showing off all of her bits. No. She's being but comfortable. She has a good sense of self. And I, this reminds me of something but that it, I want to jump back and say um, that whole, should I tell my family or shouldn't I? We think that people should be open whenever they can, but if people don't like your hobby, that's okay. You really don't need anyone's approval. So if there are people that are going to judge and say that, you know, you like to wear leather and so therefore you're dirty, you can try and educate them. But if they don't get it, that's really on them. Yeah. So, so before we run out of time, this segment, I have one follow-up question and then we have an email and this is, this is just me recalling my own history. And I want to ask this, but frankly, to be perfectly honest, I, I'm worried that my phrasing is going to portray something completely different. So don't take it bad. Um, I remember when I was young, um, I was a bad kid. I was looking at things on the Internet I shouldn't have, you know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are people who listen to the show that shouldn't be. But I'm asking this question for all of those people who were me once that they have some kind of an interest, be it pup play, be it, you know, I want to wear diapers or whatever. And they just want to do it on their own and not have anyone be impacted by it, but they don't know how to get there because they're not 18. That's a tough place to be. So like if, if a child wants to remotely have 
the possibility of healthy self-exploration behind mm -hmm. closed doors, not involving anybody. How would you suggest they approach that? It's a very tough question, too. It is. You know, my philosophy has always been whatever you're, whatever you're feeling is fine. Explore yourself. I mean, I, I've had some of those tough conversations privately. You go do what you want to do. Self-exploration is good and healthy. and We shouldn't be ashamed of our bodies. So, um, you know, in, in my case, if my kid was to talk to me and say they wanted to wear a diaper, I would get them a diaper. I, yeah, I, I mean, just like, say, yeah, like, okay, they have adult room. diapers. This is your private thing. Take this. Yeah. I don't even as, know, but just don't do things that could hurt you. Right. The same as it. we don't want them underage to be um, having sex with people. That's not the ideal. However, if they were, I would still want them to be safe. So if they needed condoms, for instance, I would help with that. And I know that's kind of controversial, but I'm going to say, I would do that. I would. Well, because your child's safety and well-being is paramount. It is the one basic thing that you're going to address and everything else is secondary. Right. And my experience with myself and just, you know, always a lot of times feeling bad about myself growing up. I don't want that for my children. I don't want them to be ashamed of their interests or um, if they're or developing, they are. yes, like any kind so, of sexual leaning to anything. That's totally normal. It, you know. Right. They shouldn't do that in the living room. No. But. Or, you know, when you have people over for dinner. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that there was no internet when I was young. And so, honestly, if they really want to explore, I think it's a lot easier now than it used to be. I mean. But it's. It, but there are the dangers of getting into some places that are a little absolutely. too deep and a little too. And I have found images on my kid's iPad. And those were conversations. This is not appropriate. You know. So but you need to have those talks with your kids because it's out there. They can, yeah. they can find anything they want. They shouldn't go looking for a lot. Um, but I get how hard that must be. Mm -hmm. That must be difficult because how do you have, how do you get into a group of like someone who has like interests that's not a group of adults that have been in it for a while? Sometimes you do need to wait. I mean, yeah. you all might also really want to have a sports car. That's something that you'll have to wait for. Well, so, that's a good point. you know, some of those things you can think about, you can read about. And then when you're older and you can do that on your own, you can go and touch it. all the doorknobs. <laughs> so so let's, let's flip this question to the other side of the coin. If, if some parent just found this out and is freaking out that their kid just asked for, I want to wear a pup mask in my room. Just leave me alone. I want to do it. How would you recommend that they think about it? Well, we would suggest that they do some research. Yeah. I mean, there's so much out there. And watch one of our videos because we talk about how it's not weird for your kid to do this. We, we have a video with terminology. Right. Um, yeah. We Well, we also have a glossary on our website of just, you know, everything that they should kind of be aware of. Um, I, I would say if you were new, you found out your kid wants to wear a pup mask in their room, make sure that it's safe. Mm -hmm. Make sure that they're not trying to um, harm themselves in any way. And then just get them a freaking mask and say, close the door. Um, dinner will be ready at six. Yeah. You know? I agree. I agree. <laughs> you guys are like the best moms. <laughs> like, really. Seriously. So so before I, I, I read this email, I just, I'm going to say something. I'm, I'm having a rue moment and people who listen to the show regularly know what that means. So I just, to put this in context, so we've been hosting Rue and I this show together for seven years. And I've asked a lot of people, famous and not famous, a lot of questions, but I want you to know that that was probably the most important question 
that I just asked ever in the history of hosting this show. You're going to oh, make us cry. cry. <laughs> there are people that I'm going to probably eventually, I don't know them now, but I'm going to run into them and I'm going to point to this exact segment of, I want something. I don't know how to get it help because it's a struggle that a lot of people out there have that lead to a lot of mental things, personal hate, a lot of anguish, things that even I'm battling from my childhood that I have to constantly get over. Right. I'm so happy that you gave them that answer. So thank you on behalf of all of those people. I mean, in Utah here, we have a lot of people that are depressed. They commit suicide, different things like that, because they don't have um, a support system to be able to, you know, reach out to their family and be like, hey, mom, I, you know, I'm trying to explore certain things about myself and I just don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the feelings that I have. And they don't have anybody to turn to. So they are alone and they are ashamed of what they are. And so it leads to suicide, depression, feeling like that they're not good enough. That, that shame is just, it's, it's so hard for me. That's unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. And I can't imagine not knowing my kid and whoever they are is, great. And I want to know them because I, you know, I grew up having so much self-loathing. I'm terrible. I'm this, I'm that. I don't want that for my kids. I don't want them to be sad. Well, and our kids struggle with some things anyway, even though they do have an open communication with their parents. I can't imagine, I cannot imagine the hell that some people are in. And, and yeah, we just, we absolutely hate that. We, we love to be, um, available to some people when they contact us privately about some situations. Yeah. But it makes us really sad because everybody should have a support system around them that just loves them. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So now that we're all experiencing emotions, let's, let me read this email. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I know. Right. No, like I'm legitimately like my Apple watch just said, Hey, are you okay? Your heart rate's really high. Um, (laughs) Yes. Watch. I'm fine. I got to read an email. Uh, It says uh, from Keith. Hi for what it's worth and guests. I am, I'm not even going to butcher it. I can give you a pronunciation here, but if you don't want to work with it, just call me Keith. I'm going to do that. I'm a shape-shifting tea-drinking dragon fur. That's wanted to write in for a long time. Welcome. I made a tweet reply, and the person mentioning the account got me to send in this question. That's right. What happens when you stumble on one of your kids' niche fetishes that may involve furry content? Have a wonderful day, all colon, close parentheses. I mean, I don't know. If it was safe, I would just, like, keep walking. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not going to tell my kid the specifics of my sex life. So there are some things I don't need to know. Yeah. But if I just stumbled across, like you said, if it was safe and not concerning as far as self-harm, I just, like, slowly walk away and... if they want to come to me with it, great. If not, yeah. great. Like my kid was in the shower for 45 minutes. At no point did I say, hey, what were you doing in there? <laughs> I don't want to go. Exactly. But just keep in mind, everybody needs to use that bathroom. Right. So. <laughs> and hey, Especially if you only have one, right? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> All right. Well, we have came to the uh, came well came to the moment of final thoughts. So, what final thoughts do you have for us? Anything, anything that you can think of? Okay, here we go. Well, I would love to say 
just thank you for having this yes, show. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Your show is fun and funny, and we really enjoyed listening to it, and we would like to listen more. We are happy that you guys are here doing this such a professional operation. We have enjoyed every minute of it, so I guess we really just have our heartfelt thanks. Right. And for sharing the message about the fandom, especially, you know, periodically there are things that come up in the fandom that are more controversial or there might be a negative spin, and we don't want those moments to take away from how great this fandom is for kids that want to draw and create art and, you know, makers that make these amazing elaborate suits or people who make chainmail tails. You know, there's so much good. Right. And we don't like, we don't want the, the bouts of drama or negativity or for real, like real life situations to overshadow all of the beneficial things within this group. Um, so uh, yeah. thanks for your show. Yes. Hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, let's go to our last break. We'll come back. We have a stuffed mailbag that we can run through real fast. And then I think that'll be it. So stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Get Psyched with Dr. Nuka. If you've been listening to Get Psyched for a while, you've almost certainly heard me talk about media effects, the fact that people are affected by the media we consume. Decades of research consistently shows us that, in many ways, we are what we watch. Violent media increases our risk for aggression, pro-social media increases our tendency to cooperate with one another, and advertising certainly persuades us whether we recognize it or not. Those of you who are a bit more skeptical, or maybe just a bit curious, may have gone one step further and had a look at media psychology studies for yourself. If you have, you've probably found that they fall into at least two different categories, correlational studies and experiments. Correlational studies, like surveys, are pretty easy to conduct, and they're a good way to test whether media use is related to some kind of real-world behavior. The major drawback of correlational studies is the fact that they can't prove causation. They can't show us whether media use actually affects your behavior or whether people who behave a certain way simply prefer certain types of media. Experiments, on the other hand, typically take place in the laboratory and they give researchers complete control over the testing environment. In an experiment, the researchers can control all outside factors and randomly assign participants to one condition or the other. As a result of this, experiments provide scientists with a pure test of causal direction. However, experiments like correlational studies have their own drawbacks. In this case, the laboratory isn't the real world. It's artificial. As such, it's really hard to know whether the effects scientists find in the lab, in an experiment, actually match with what they observe in the real world. This is kind of a conundrum for the media psychologist. It would be great if we could design a study which combines the real-world behavior of a correlational study with the precision and ability to show causation of an experiment. Fortunately, we're kind of in luck. Such a study has already been done, and it was done all the way back in the 1970s. Back in those days, Tannis Macbeth, a psychologist, was, like many psychologists at the time, interested in the question of how television was affecting society. This was during the 1970s, after all, and television use was growing rapidly across America. However, researchers knew remarkably little about its long-term effects. 
What would the first generation of Americans raised entirely in front of a screen look like? Fortunately, Dr. Macbeth had a one in a million opportunity fall into her lap, a series of events which scientists would call serendipity. She learned about a small Canadian village which didn't yet have access to television. However, the town, which she called No-Tel for no television, was slated to get access to its first television station in just a few months. So Macbeth and her team leaped into action. They quickly found two other towns to serve as a comparison for No-Tel. These towns were already uh, had access to more television stations, one or more of them. They were codenamed Unitel, a town with one television station, and Multitel, a town with three television stations. The three towns were comparable in size, socioeconomic status, and in almost every other demographic variable measured. In fact, the biggest difference between the towns seemed to be the fact that Notel didn't have TV, but would soon join Unitel and Multitel in getting TV. So the researchers set off on a two-year study of the three towns. At the start of the study, they conducted surveys and measured more than a thousand people in the three towns, school kids and adults alike. They measured everything from creativity to aggression, from reading and hobbies to endorsement of gender stereotypes, among many, many, many other things. They measured these variables at the start of the study, before Notel had television, and then again two years later, after the citizens of Notel had spent about two years with access to TV. The great thing about this study is that it allowed the researchers to test for long-term effects of TV on real-world behavior. In theory, if there were differences between people who watch TV and people who don't watch TV, it should show up as differences between the citizens of Notel and the citizens of the other two towns at the start of the study. But over time, as the citizens of Notel spent more time watching TV, the differences between the towns should become less and less until they disappeared entirely. And that's pretty much what the researchers found. Over the course of two years, for example, the citizens of Notel began to change with regard to their creativity. At the start of the study, they scored higher on measures of creativity than the citizens of Unitel or Multitel. But by the end of the study, their scores dropped until they were no different than the citizens of Unitel or Multitel. TV seemed to make the Notel citizens measurably less creative over time. The children of Notel also seemed to become less interested in reading as well as less interested in leisure activities like playing or watching community sports, going to town socials or parties, or joining clubs. Even more surprising, however, the children of Notel became more aggressive. When they were observed on playgrounds, as it turned out, they fought more as they spent more time watching TV, to the point where even their teachers and their parents noticed that they had become increasingly aggressive over time. And over time, the children slowly began to endorse more traditional gender stereotypes. As they spent more time watching TV shows which featured traditional working men and traditional housewives, the children themselves became less likely to endorse gender egalitarianism. They started to believe more and more that women belonged in the home and men belonged in the workplace. So over time, the children from Notel began to look more and more like the children from the other two towns. So what exactly does this mean for the furry fandom? Well, furries are defined, at least in part, by the media we consume. And let's be real, we consume a lot of it. The media landscape has evolved a lot since Tannis Macbeth's study in the 1970s. 
not only do we spend hours and hours watching TV, but we're also glued to our phones and to our computer screens. We spend hours every day being bombarded with messages in our media, all while being pretty blissfully unaware that it's actually affecting us. Or even worse, assuming that we can't possibly be affected by it because we're too smart for that. Chances are pretty good, however, that a lifetime of consuming media has changed the way you think about the world, the people in it, and even yourself. Heck, as furries, it's not even hard to see that this is the case. Many furries credit their favorite TV show or movie or an artist as the inspiration for their fasona species. Is it really so far-fetched to believe that all the media we've consumed over our lifetime hasn't had any sort of other effects on us as well? The take-home message is this. Like a fish who spends its life swimming in the ocean, we're so inundated with media that we seldom stop and consider just how pervasive it is in our lives or how it might be affecting us. In part, it's probably because it makes us kind of uncomfortable to realize that so much of who we are today was shaped by media forces beyond our control. And yet, as the no-tell study shows us, media changes us in predictable and measurable ways. And if we're gonna go back to our earlier analogy, just like we are what we eat, we're also what we watch. As such, we'd probably do well to pay a little bit more attention to what we put into both our minds and our bodies. This has been a quick look at media psychology and the no-tell study. I'm Dr. Nuka, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Get Psyched. and we are going to shoot right into the next segment, which is the mailbag. All right, we've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. I put it back. I put it back in the soundboard. Aren't you happy? I can't read. Why? Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. We have an email from Farm Wolf. Farm Wolf said, Dear Rue, Farm Wolf here, listening from. Oh my goodness. I'm going to butcher another city. Szechuan? Okay. I purposely butchered it that way. Szechka. I don't know! I my headset off. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Let's try this again. I'm going to be rue for the sentence. Farm Wolf here, listening from Saskatchewan, Canada. Okay, okay. Now I can t- keep going. Um, <laughs> I've been listening to For What It's Worth off and on for a while now. I'm listening... Uh, I've listened to pretty much all of this, all of season two and some episodes from other seasons. I like the style of the podcast and appreciate that you cover a variety of topics, both taboo and mundane. I've downloaded the season one archive. Thank you so much. Um, And I'm currently on about episode four. I just wanted to say you are awesome from the start. Um, Before I sign off, I just wanted to say hi to the rest of the crew. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for doing this podcast. It means a lot to me. 
Sincerely, Farmwolf. P.S. Um, I'd like to remind everybody, please furry responsibly. Well, thank you so much for that, that kind email. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm grateful for the people that listened to us when we, we were in season one where we actually did only have six listeners and we still kind of already have, only still have six listeners. We always have six listeners, right, Tugs? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm still at Szechuan, Canada, so you just, <laughs> you just keep doing that stuff. Well, but thank you so much for, for emailing in and, and listening to the show. Even the, that season one archive, that that just tells me that you're just a true dedicated, dedicated listener. <laughs> I changed the word for you, Tugs. Uh, all right. Does anyone else have a response or shall we proceed forward? Okay. I will proceed. The next email is Baldrick's email. He says, greetings to... Tugs, Rue, Firebirth, Voss, any guests that may be around there, and last but not least, Koru. Whatever he's doing now, I hope he's well. In fact, right now he's playing Taiko Drum Master. I am a first-time emailer to the show, so allow me to introduce myself. My name is Baldrick, and I'm a powerful and immortal black-and-white wizard cat from a distant universe, but currently residing in the state of Wisconsin. And my species is a Throgan Tundra Cat. Oh, pronounced Thagrin. Thagrin Tundra Cat. I can speak. Uh, a large white cat breed native to the southern continent of my home world. Any whore. Yes! Enough with introductions. I'm writing this email for a few reasons. First and foremost is to say a huge thank you for entertaining me almost daily through the last several months. You guys and your dedication to both the fandom and the show is nothing short of amazing, and I hope you're able to keep it up for the foreseeable future. I was introduced to your podcast when a friend shared a link to the episode where you interviewed Sean Chiplock about his voice acting career, and I was immediately hooked. Ever since then, I've been making my way through every season in reverse order. Don't ask me why, I'm just doing it that way. I've learned quite a lot from the highly varied and interesting subjects you've covered, and on numerous occasions had to desperately keep myself from bursting into laughter in the middle of work due to your antics, especially during the times when Rue inadvertently invented brand new geographical locations. Sheshwan. Second reason for this email is to disagree with Rue a little, or at least provide my perspective. During the Season 7 recap, after a one-clip segment, he commented that the use of the Song of Healing from Majora's Mask distracted from the serious subject of death and the loss that was in one of the episodes. But for me, it had the exact opposite effect. The song's context of grief and healing set the tone and deepened my emotional investment in a way that almost nothing else could. It's because I played the game that the Song of Healing is so effective to me. And finally, I wish to suggest a topic. I know you've talked about drugs and alcohol in the fandom before, but to my recollection, you haven't yet talked specifically about identifying and facing addiction. Ooh, that's a good idea. This came to my mind when 2 was mentioned in one of your early episodes. I followed a series of vlogs as he fought his extreme alcohol addiction. And while I've never had to deal with addiction myself, I found his openness and fortitude during that time to be educational and inspiring. Sorry for making you read all that. Sorry for any grammar errors, and I may have made. Wishing you the best, Baldrick. P.S. Tug says, anyone told you your life is contagious? PPS. I noticed a subtle, distinct lowering in Rue's voice over the last couple episodes. The little red foxo has started to hit puberty. Okay. Yay! Right. Uh, puberty! Yeah, Rue is hitting puberty. Uh, one day, the rest of his body will grow. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. It's okay. You're still small. And, Thank you. You're small I appreciate and round. It. You're like a little, you're like my little booba. Oh. <laughs> what? What's a booba? You don't know. You'll have to look it up. Uh, <laughs> And yes, I have been told my laugh is contagious. I've also been told my laugh is her is horrible. I don't know. I laugh. Deal with it, I guess. Um, and as far as uh, let's see, going back up, 
The Song of Healing thing. See, Rue, I told you it was going to be a good use. I told you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I think I said someone write in and prove me, prove me right. So I appreciate it, Baldrick. All right, Rue, he said a lot. What do you have to say? Um, well, my voice, I don't really realize whether or not that my voice is lowered or not, but what's great is this podcast is here to um, record it, and so therefore I appreciate that you've noticed a change in my voice. I'm going to like make your voice like super deep. Like one one day you're going to come in and sound Hello. like Shaquille O'Neal or something, and you'll be like, what? <laughs> Um, so, so it, let's, let's, let's open this up a little bit more. Um, so either of you, uh, do you, do your kids play games? Do you play games? Do you have a Nintendo switch? <laughs> we don't have a switch yet. Um, my kids all play, well, my 12 year old doesn't, this is Joelle. My teen does, but she likes things like Wolf Quest, Niche, um, Undertale, things like that. She plays on her PC. Um, but my nine-year-old is all about the switch. Oh my gosh! It's all you hear and Fortnite. For, oh, Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite. Yeah, our kids all love video yeah, games. You kids, you have a gamer. They all well, um, yeah, I I do. My middle guy, he's always playing video games. The little guy always wants to play video games or watch them on YouTube, which is like. Painful for thing. me, yeah. Can we watch YouTube videos of other people playing games? No, baby, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Do, has any of them played that, the recent Zelda game? That is what my nine-year-old is begging for, oh. the Switch and the new Zelda. So a fun fact is, so Sean Chiplock is who we had on. He is one of the biggest supporters of the furry fandom, and he did one of the voices in that game. So that's, that's the connection there. He did two of the voices in that two, game. Yeah, yeah, he did two. He did... He did Teba and Rivali, so. Oh, that's and, wait, actually, and the Great Deku Tree. So three. he did. Yeah, the three. Great Deku Tree. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Fun fact: My dog. This is Carrie. Her name is Zelda. Yep. <laughs> after, after that, Zelda. I assume she was a rescue, um, but I, I assume that she belonged to gamers because her name is Zelda, and she will come straddle your foot on her chest. So that you can pet her with your foot, which you would do if you're holding a game controller. So I suspect she came from That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right, next email, Rue. I'm going to pass this email to Voss. Oh. He's making me read it because uh, I read it and I couldn't stop laughing. And now he's getting me back for it. Uh, this is Xander. I know this is going to make me sound mean, but is Rue trans male to female or female to male? I've been listening for like a year, and I can't tell. Also, how long have you been married, Tugs? I love the show, guys. Keep it up. <laughs> so just to answer that, because I'm first, it's just like fatigue. Yes. <laughs> this is the best joke ever. You know what? At this particular point, does it really matter what gender I am? I'm Rue. That's what I am. So there you go. Let, well, this, who cares? Okay, either, either you carry or Joelle. Which would you have guessed he was male or female? Oh, are you asking us? Oh, yeah. Would you have guessed without knowing if he was male or female? I, you know, I don't think we. Um, we don't ever really think about it, but I'd say if we had to. I, I'd say male. I guessed male, but yeah, we didn't put a lot of thought behind it because because we don't care. 
because <laughs> yeah, you guys are awesome. No, not in that way, but like you're awesome. We don't care what your gender is, or even if you identify with a particular yeah, gender. Yeah, I think we, people put too much weight into if somebody is trans or not trans or male or female. female you're or you're a person and you've been fantastic. So that's all we care about. Yeah. So I've had people come up to me at conventions because unfortunately, you know, because I didn't have testosterone when I was when I was younger, I didn't have growth hormones. So therefore I, I don't like, I guess to some people, they just, especially with my voice and how I look, that's just a question that people have. And I've had people come up to me, um, at a convention and ask me like, Hey, uh, I'm not trying to be rude, but are you trans transgender or, or something that's like that? That's a way to, to ask it, I guess. Yeah. It depends but on anywho, you're asking. I guess it, what difference does it make? Well, unless they're going through something and they're trying to identify somebody to, to seek like that's comfort that's a great or that's advice. That's a great point, Joelle. You're right. You're right. If it's but that's something... the only time it's appropriate, or if it's a child that's just trying to understand the world around them. Other than that, who cares? Well, yeah, because I mean, it's completely different. But I happen to be Caucasian, and I married someone who is Hispanic, and I have little brown children. And somebody approached me in a store and asked me if the kid was adopted, and I. I just don't know why people ask personal <laughs> questions. It's so it's so weird to ask somebody something like that. You should have said, "No, I stole him." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I stole him. That's a good. That's a good answer. I just I was I was stunned by that because I wouldn't ask somebody a personal question like that. So there's really people feel very comfortable asking invasive questions. Yeah. Well, and I I feel like that I'm a pretty open book, so I'm okay. But at the same exact time, there's just I don't know. <laughs> Ah. So to, an- to answer the other question, my husband and I have been together 15 years, but we've wow. only been married three because of the law. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Congratulations. All right. Is that it, Rue? That's all. That's all the emails. All right. Let's move on to the next thing. Have you commented on the site yet? It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. First and foremost, I want to thank Voss. Thank you so much for being our audio guy and listening to us shoot the shit. I also want to thank our lovely Tugs for being an amazing co-host. And I also want to thank Firebreath for being amazing announcer or being an amazing announcer. Wow, I can't talk. And I want to thank myself because I think I deserve it. (laughs) Because I'm worth it. <laughs> you 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 did great. Even though you and I swapped roles for the first time ever, you're you're great, and I'm glad you're here with me, Rue. Warm fuzzies oh, all over. All right, yay! Moving forward, virtual hug. Comment on the site. We like it when people comment on the site because it makes it look like people listen to the show. You don't need an account. You can use, like, you don't need it for what it's worth account. We don't do that. You just can use your Google, your Facebook, whatever it is that you probably already have will get you in and you can comment and interact with us. And yes, we do respond. We have social media. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. We have all of those different places. So please feel free to to talk to us there. And if you are on Google+, Plus, because Google is killing Google+, Plus. Follow us on one of the other social media channels we're on. We will welcome you with open arms. 
and Rue will welcome you with open legs. <laughs> All right. So Eventually, everybody will find out what gender I am. You are a fox, you know. <laughs> All right. If you if you enjoy us and you want to talk to us or people who listen to the show. Uh, about the show, other things, whatever happens to be the topic of the moment, join us on Telegram. We are uh, an 18 plus only group because we don't like lawyers. Sorry. Uh, but if you shoot us a line on email, shoot us a direct message on Twitter, or if you really want to just talk to Rue all by himself, it's at Wine Red Fox on Telegram. We'll add you to the group and we usually do it pretty fast. Yes. Also, if you love our love our stuff, if you love our episodes, please share it with a friend. If you have a friend that's going through a really difficult time or, you know, you think that a specific episode would help them, you know, all of our advertising is word of mouth. All of the money that we get from Patreon just go into, you know, making sure to maintain the servers, get audio equipment, different things like that. We don't have any marketing dollars whatsoever. Um at this particular point maybe we'll change that in the future i don't know but right now all it is is um word of mouth so please help us out and if you're not having an existential life crisis and you just laughed tell your friends too (laughs) (laughs) all right this is the part of the show where we invite our guests to plug whatever it is they've got going on in their life where uh share where they can contact you if you'd like to take it away Okay. <laughs> we were arguing over who was going to do it. <laughs> so we are the Moms of Furries, and we would love for you to check out our YouTube channel, Moms of Furries. We are on Twitter at Moms of Furries. <laughs> we have a website, MoFurries.com. We would love to share art um, as long as it's appropriately credited, fursuit pics, things like that, stories. If anybody wants to write into us, that's great. We're on Instagram at Moms of Furries. We are. And we also have a, a Patreon account. And um, we love that you guys have, have Patreon. It's it's a wonderful thing. And for us, the reason that we have it, we don't make money off of being Moms of Furries, but it helps us go to cons. And we really find it's meaningful to get there and to hear people's stories and share them with other people so it will resonate with them. So anything that we collect is for that purpose. That's a, that's an awesome cause, I gotta say. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, you guys. You have been um, top top tier guests. Like, let me tell you, we haven't had some amazing. Par- well, we've had some pretty amazing parents, but let me tell you, else. you guys are the cream of the crop. Oh, thank you so much, <laughs> and thank you for making us cry. We always appreciate that. Always I'm, uh, well, did you save your tears? Because I need to drink them later. Tugs, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not that type of episode. Uh, speaking of that, that's next episode. Yeah, next episode. Our next. Speaking of next episode. We want to do the Halloween episode. We didn't get to do it last year. You know why we didn't get to do it last year? Because we didn't get stories. So if you are a writer in the fandom, this is your time to shine. We want your spooky stories being sent to us. We have an amazing audio guy that's going to be coming in and playing for us live. And he is extremely, extremely talented. He makes music for video games. That is his profession. That is what he does. And he's going to be on our show. You conned him into doing that for free? Your... What? You conned him into doing that for free? Yeah. How'd you do that? I'm friends with him. 
<laughs> Friends with benefits. Hot tub. That's gotcha. why. Okay. So please send us Halloween stories. You... So anything that you want, it can include me and Tugs in it, or it could not include me and Tugs. It could be anything. But we do want you to keep it, um, keep it, you know, kind of, it's a short story. It's not a novel. Don't send pornos. That... <laughs> um, also, if you can record or have somebody record it, that would help us even more um, so that we can, you know, have lots of different readers instead of just Rue stumbling over words and, and, and Tugs reading half of them the whole entire time. Uh, if you want to know, when do I have to send this? So this episode is releasing on the 14th. That's a Sunday. If you're waiting until the last moment, but you still want to get in, you've got to do it by the end of the 15th. We have a longer production cycle on this one because we have to do Foley and audio. So send it by the 15th. Also, happy birthday, mom. Aww. Her birthday's the 15th, so. Aww, happy birthday, mom. Well, so this has been Rue. This is Tugs. This is Voss. Do your thing. Say your names. Oh, we're the yeah, furries. I'm the furries. <laughs> Sorry, we're not professional. <laughs> You're fine. And you've been listening to For, For What, what it's, it's Worth. They didn't do it. You still yes. have to say the show name. Oh. Yes. <laughs> we're not doing it with you. You just got to say it. The recorder won't turn off till you say oh, okay. it. Okay. Okay. For what it's worth. For what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs>